Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. It's all about us taking off what we don't need and putting on what we do need. We need to put on that mind of Christ. We need to put on the attributes of Christ. We need to take off who we are and what we are and how we think it ought to happen because so many times we get all caught up in that. We hope you find this message encouraging. We've got Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2 on the screen for you. And so, dear brothers and sisters, and uh, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will uh, find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And this is the main point of our uh, uh, conformed or transformed. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. Other translations say, don't be conformed to this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Uh, other translations say that you might find the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We've already prayed over the Word, so we'll get into it. May the Lord add His blessing to the reading and ministry of His Word this morning. The first thing we need to look at is the definition of what it means to be conformed. And the definition of conformed is adhering to or shaping yourself in the pattern of another. Okay? How many of you have ever made clothes out from a pattern? Okay? And how many of you, they didn't fit once you made them from the pattern? Just nobody? Yeah, yeah, so a few. Why? Because it was made as a pattern to one size fits all. And how many of you know one size fits all doesn't fit all? I mean, like, uh, like me, I got a big head. So if I, if I go and look for a hat or a cap or anything and it says one size fits all, I just walk on by it. Why? Because it won't fit this big pumpkin head of mine. I have to get a big hat. I have to get one that says large or extra large or something along that line or has the size in it. And that's about a seven and three quarter, seven and five eighths. So I got a pumpkin head. Okay. And the, the thing is one size fits all does not work. It works for some, but it doesn't work for all. And so whenever we conform to somebody else, For their pattern, and especially when we're trying to fit into the mold of this world, guess what? We are set apart. We are unique. We are each and every one a unique creation of God. And whenever we try to conform to something that is not us, not supposed to fit us, not supposed to be who we are, guess what? It's never going to feel right. But yet what God says is be transformed. And to be transformed is in the original language is the word is the word metamorpho, okay? And yes, that's where we get metamorphosis, to change into something that you weren't, to be different than you ever were. In your mind, put in, put in your mind, just file that somewhere, like the caterpillar turns into a butterfly. That butterfly never, uh, how many of you ever seen a butterfly fly? I mean, a, a caterpillar flying? Never. I guarantee you they're not very aerodynamic. But yet, through that transformation, through that metamorphosis, it turns into something that you never would have thought of. If you had not ever seen it before, you would never guess that that caterpillar turns into a butterfly. 
That word is the one that is applied here to the word transform. Be transformed to be transfigured into something else, another form. And so what Paul here is writing is he said, don't try to fit into the world. And that's what we spend a whole lot of our time doing these days. Because of social media, because of all these things, uh, all the trends, the haircuts, the clothes, the, the thing that everybody else, oh, look what they're wearing, look how they've got themselves fixed up. We need to look like that. We need to talk like that. Do you realize that we sometimes change our speech to conform to what somebody else thinks is cool or hip or new? We change ourselves into something that we're not supposed to be. And Paul says, don't be conformed to the world. Now, it doesn't hurt for us to have the newest styles and all that kind of stuff. I'm not disrespecting that. But I'm saying whenever we change our character, and, and the, the emphasis here is on our mind and on our character, that we change our minds that we want to think like the world or we want to act like the world. And Paul says, don't do that because you are a unique creation of God. Be transformed into something else. In other places, he says, let this mind be in you which also was in Christ. In other words, we need to think like Christ. We don't need to think like the world. We need to act like Christ. We don't need to act like the world. We need to act like a child of God. Do you realize the word hypocrite, which gets way overused? But the word hypocrite actually comes from the word that was used in the original language as a stage actor. Somebody you would see on stage in a theater, and they were a hypocrite. In other words, acting like something that they weren't. So really and truly, if you are a born-again believer, the only time you are a hypocrite is when you're not acting like a child of God. You're acting like something that you're not. So the thing that we need to realize is, it's important, Paul mentions this in so many different ways. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He talks about in Colossians and Ephesians both, he talks about that we need to take off the old, the old way of doing things, the old traditions, the old person, and put on the new. And it's an exchange, it's it's. It's, you know, one of the things, I mentioned it last week in my message. And I don't know about you, but I've preached that message to myself all week. That patience thing, I should have never mentioned that. Because I have had lots of opportunities to be patient this week. <laughs> but I think sometimes we get this idea that one morning we'll wake up and we'll be super Christian. That we'll never again wrestle with those, those temptations that we've always wrestled with. Or the idea that we're going to wake up some morning and just be so perfect that we'll wake up and underneath it all we'll have on a pair of blue tights with that big C on it for super Christian. When it is every day it's a struggle to take off the old and put on the new. I mean, every one of us, I, I think I, I've never had anybody dispute this but when we're under pressure sometimes things come out that we didn't even know was there sometimes you can be doing something you can be driving along in traffic and somebody will cut you off or whatever and and, and i'm telling you you can dig up that book of cuss that you thought you had thrown away a long time ago 
No, we're, we're sanctified in here. We don't do that. No, no, no. And, and, and here's the thing. It's not just about driving to traffic. It can happen in other places too. Sometimes that old sinful nature, see, it's never going to die. It is, Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. That's a continual verb. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. This is in Galatians. And here's the thing, every day, I used to, there, one of the branches in our family tree that I used to be associated with believed that sanctification was a, one t- a second work of grace in your life. And that you ought to know the day you were sanctified, and from that point on, you ought to be different. Hey, it didn't work that way for me. It made me kind of scratch my head. What am I doing wrong? Because evidently it didn't take on me. It didn't stick. Because I have to work on it every day. And I'll make strides sometimes, and you'll make strides sometimes. We're not alone in this. We're all very much the same. And the thing is, we have to realize it is a daily. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How can we be transformed? It's all about transformation. How can we be transformed? Paul says it this way. How can we be changed? By the renewing of our mind. In other words, changing the way you think. Changing the way you perceive the world around you. Changing this right up here. Hardest, the longest four inches that there ever is in this world is, is between those ears. And to get in there and change the way you think. Paul says this, and in another place he says, uh, let, your, let your thoughts come under the subjection of Christ. Let every thought come under the subjection of Christ. In other words, that every thought we think somewhere in there, I've used this as an illustration before, used to, it used to be a big deal. You'd go to a gas station sometimes, and they'd have those old metal tanks in the ground, and so every now and then you'd stop at a gas station and it'd have a bad tank, and you'd get a tank full of rust. I remember my dad had an old Chevy truck. I had a 55-model Chevrolet pickup truck that would now be worth a mint. I think he gave $30 for it. Back in the day. And he used to drive that thing everywhere. And, and, and he got a bad tank of gas one time. And so it, that thing would just sputter and quit right in the middle of the road. And I mean, it was dangerous. So what he did was he went to the parts store, the auto parts store, and he got an inline filter. And he cut that line and he put that filter in there. And, and what it would do is it would catch that rust before it got to the carburetor. And I remember him, uh, every now and then it would get so full of rust, he'd quit. He'd jump out, and he'd take his screwdriver and take the clamp off of it, and he'd peck that on that fender. And, and man, all just a, a handful of rust would come out of that, and he'd put it back on there and crank right back up. And sometimes what we need to do is put that Jesus filter in our thought process. Because what we do is we get to thinking about something negative. We get to thinking about how something's going to happen. And we get this negative thought process going and we just ruminate on it. We just chew our cud. This is the way it's going to happen. And they're going to say this. And I'm going to do that. And we end up just, we work ourselves up into a froth about nothing sometimes. Very few times does something work out the way you thought it was going to anyway. And so we're just wasting our time anytime we're, we get that thought process going. This is, they're going to say this, and I'm going to do that, and they're going to do this, and it, you're just wasting your time. 
Put that Jesus filter on there. And guess what? It stops that flow. It'll stop all that trash from circulating up there. And, and so what we've got to do is get a hold of that. Let Jesus be, bring our thoughts under his subjection. And um, we, we've, got to, we've got to realize that this is one of those times that whenever um, in life, it, it's, about, it's as much about the journey as it, as it is the destination. How many of you are saved this morning? If you couldn't, if you couldn't raise your hand right then with, uh, with uh, the knowledge that you're saved... We'll take care of that at the end. I'll give you the opportunity to respond to Christ. But if you're saved, then guess what? You know where the destination is. You know where you're headed. You know ultimately where you're going to end up. But between here and there, there's a lot that God wants to do in you. A lot that he wants to do in me. And, and, and every day we ought to be saying, Lord, how can I be more transformed? How, how do we transform? By our changing our thinking. What do we need to think about to transform ourselves? We need to come to the, more of the knowledge of Christ. That's what Paul says. So if the more we're concentrating on Christ, the more we're thinking about him, the more we're learning about him, the more we know it's one of those things. This journey is as important as the destination. See, I'm not what I once was. Because if you'd have known me the way I once was, you probably wouldn't like me very much. Amen? I'm not what I once was, but, and, and, and I'm, not gonna, I'm not what I'm going to be one day, but hallelujah, he's done a work in me. He has changed me. He has transformed me. He has made me into something that I wasn't before. Amen? And you as well. So it's all about our transformation. Number two, real change is about growth. All growth is change. But not all change is growth. Sometimes you can change and it accomplishes no growth in you. But all growth is about change and it's, it's, about, it's about how we get to the end result. See, here's the thing. Uh, throw that picture up there. Okay, there's supposed to be a picture in there. Zach said he... Oh, it's up there. I couldn't see it from the back. Woo-wee. I didn't know what kind of cake he put up there. I just told him to put, a, put a, a picture of a cake that looked yummy. And he did a good job. Probably ruined some of his lunch right there. Might have even ruined some of your diets right there. You know, y'all probably, you're like me, you can look at it and gain just a few calories. So the thing is, how many of you would just, if I said I've got a whole cake like that, I'm going to cut it up, how many of you would take a piece right now? Oh, yeah, lots and lots of, well, here's the thing. So, um... Doug, you, I'm sure you like chocolate cake. This is not a chocolate cake. I raided my wife's pantry, and since she can't eat gluten, it's pretty sparse as far as selection on cake mixes. That's actually an angel food cake, so you're an angel, Doug. <laughs> Let me get a spoon. You just dig in. Yeah, I'll get several spoons, and you can just pass it down this aisle. It won't work. It doesn't get, that, nobody went, mmm, whenever I handed him that, that cake mix. Well, that's because it's not whole, and, and it's not complete. And so, um, let me see here. What else I got in here? That's because you've got to put a couple of eggs in there. So dig in, Steph. 
Just there's a couple of them there. Y'all can surely split them up. You, know, you, you just, huh? No, they're not even boiled. You can't put boiled eggs in a cake mix. <laughs> Do you realize that the cake mix wasn't even in existence till about seventy years ago? Every cake that there was was homemade from scratch. Why? Because there wasn't such a thing. Do you realize that birthday cakes, moms used to get in there and they would actually mix that up from scratch and put that thing together and put that thing in the oven and they would bake it with love for their kids. Then along about the 60s and 70s, cake mixes got to be the big thing. So a mom would express her love by putting that mix in the bowl and putting those eggs in there. Oh, and wait, we got to have other stuff in here. Uh, Let me see. Bob, you just take a big swig of that Wesson oil. This vegetable oil, pass it down the line there. And, uh, I mean, those, those things look yummy, don't they? And so, anyway, it got to where the, that these moms would mix together these mixes, and that was their expression of love. And then it got to be where that wasn't good enough that most moms started buying the cakes. Why? Because they couldn't decorate them like they thought it ought to be. And now, today, the big thing with birthdays is not the cake at all. It's not baking with love from scratch. It's not even baking it from a mix. It's not going and buying it. It's the birthday experience. You have to have an experience. You have to go somewhere. You have to do the Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, gosh. Anyway, that's a whole nother sermon. <laughs> that is a whole nother sermon. So I, I realized I didn't get you a spoon, but you could be eating that egg and y'all could be drinking that oil. I mean, why are you not? It doesn't taste good. Read a story about a, sermon, about a preacher down in the south like we are and he was new to the church and he uh when 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 sunday morning he's getting ready to dismiss he's already preached and he has everybody stand he asked one of the deacons he said brother jones would you would you dismiss us in, in a word of prayer so everybody bows their heads and the deacon you know is, is quiet lord i don't like buttermilk Preacher kind of opens one eye and looks at that deacon. He says, oh, Lord, what have I done to himself? And he says, uh, Lord, I don't really like the way lard tastes by itself. And the preacher's looking, you know, he says, oh, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? And Lord, I don't really like the taste of flour, just plain flour. But Lord, whenever you put all that into a bowl like that and you really get in there and you mix it up good and you pat that stuff together and you throw it in the oven, I sure do like biscuits. Amen? It's about the process. None of us like the process. We like the end result. I mean, we've got cake right here. All we'd have to do is put it in the oven. Throw all that stuff together. But we don't like the process. Sometimes we taste that plain flour with a little bit of baking powder in it, and that tastes horrible. <laughs> we might take a swig of that oil and just like, oh, that just, oh, it's horrible. If you don't like eggs, especially raw eggs, you might look at that and say, that's just that. no, no, no. But see, here's the thing. When you throw all that in a bowl, 
and you mix it up real good, and you put it under some heat, put it under some stress. And guess what? It's transformed. It's no longer just a cake mix and some oil and some eggs. It turned into something wonderful. Romans 8 and 28 says, All things work together for good. To them that love God are called according to His purpose. It does not say all things are good. fact is, there are some things in this world that just suck. There are sometimes things that happen in our lives that we just rather it not happen that way. And when we're tasting that plain flour, we just want to rake our tongue off. We look at those raw eggs and say, no, no, no. We, we look at that oil and say, I ain't drinking that. But yet when it all gets mixed together, it's the process. And sometimes when we look at things that happen in our life as individual events, we think, God, where are you? And why is this happening? And what in the world is going on? When God says, I see a bigger picture. I, I, I've got the recipe up here, and, and you may not see it, and you may not be able to understand it, but there's things that are coming together that somewhere down the line, ooh wee, don't that look good? But that started out as a cake mix and some eggs and some, and some shortening. I didn't bring any shortening. This mix didn't call for it. But it, you get the jest. Sometimes it's about the process, about what God's doing in us day by day by day. And we don't like it, and it's uncomfortable sometimes that we get all caught up in where we're at right this second. But here's the thing. We've got to change. We've got to transform. We've got a metamorphosis going on in us. And God says, I'm working on it. You may not understand everything, but there's good things coming down the line. Amen. Somebody say amen. It's about taking off and putting on. I talked about that earlier. Paul talks about Colossians, talks about it in Ephesians, talks about it a little bit in Romans. It's all about us taking off what we don't need and putting on what we do need. We need to put on that mind of Christ. We need to put on the attributes of Christ. We need to take off who we are and what we are and how we think it ought to happen because so many times we get all caught up in that. Best illustration I've ever had on that is how many of you ever changed the baby diaper? And how many of you, you just plop that baby up there on the changing table and you put a little powder and you put a new diaper on right there? It might work for a little while, okay, short time, half a day maybe. But somewhere down the line is, something ain't right here. Uh, we, we forgot to do one step first, and that was what? Take it off. <laughs> Get that out of there. And, and that's what sometimes we do. We want to we wanna stay like we've always been. We just want to add something to. We just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act, I'm going to read my Bible. Woo, that'll change everything. Now, it can, it can transform some of our thinking, but if we don't get rid of the junk that we had before, guess what? Somewhere down the line, I, I forgot a step. I forgot to take something off before I put something else on. So we've got to make it a priority in our life. And yes, everybody says, my calendar's full and I'm doing more than I can handle. But here's the thing. You've got to schedule something in. 
You've got to schedule in some time with God. You've got to schedule in some time in His Word. You've got, to, you've got to manage to somewhere take something out of that calendar and put something in that's worthwhile. Put something in there about getting into God's Word. Putting something in there about getting along with God and having some time when He can talk to you as well as you talk to Him. Amen? So here's the thing. The end result is this. And yes... Yes, in case you were wondering, this is the, I think, fourth week that Brother Philip has gotten through a sermon in one setting. Woo! This has not been easy. The end result is this. It's in, in verse 2. Throw verse 2 up there again. It says, don't copy the behavior of the world. In other words, don't conform to the world, but be transformed by... Uh, into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you'll know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Again, one translation, go back to King James, New King James, it says that you might know what the will of God is, what, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. As I've said many, many times, I think when we get that mind of Christ, whenever we put that Jesus filter in there, whenever we get into this Word and get to know Him, whenever we are spending time in prayer with Him, whenever we are, we are with Jesus, do you realize you become like who you're with? Amen? That's why Paul says uh, corrupt manners uh, ruin your, your communication. Corrupt communication ruins your manners. That's because if you spend time with people that don't have good manners, that they're talking a certain way, acting a certain way, guess what? Eventually, it might take time, but eventually you're going to act like them. Eventually you're going to start talking like them. And so if we're spending time with Jesus, we're, we're, we're reading his word and we're getting to know him and we're spending time with him in prayer and he's speaking to us and, and we're listening then guess what? Somewhere down the line, we began to understand what God's will is for our life, that we've got a calling, that we are all called to be ministers, that we are all called to, to serve the kingdom, and that that is a priority in our life. So here's the deal. Sometimes you need to know what's good. Sometimes you need to know what's acceptable, and sometimes you need to know what's perfect. And not get those three mixed up. Do you realize that understanding and knowing the will of God was the very thing that caused Adam and Eve to eat that fruit? Amen? Have the knowledge of good and evil. And, and God gives it to us freely through the Holy Spirit. But sometimes you need to know when something comes along in life, okay, this is acceptable. Okay, this is good. And okay, that's perfect. And there's some times in your life when you need to go with good. Because see, what we do a lot of times is we spend a whole bunch of time doing nothing, trying to make something that doesn't amount to a hill of beans perfect. Sometimes good is the enemy of perfect, and sometimes perfect is the enemy of good. I... And my wife will attest to this. In my past, have been too much of a perfectionist about some things that in the scheme of things didn't amount to hill of beans. I built a house one time, 
We built the house. And I was working a job, involved in ministry, and building a house all at the same time. Took me 11 months from start to finish when I, when I started building this house. And finally, one time she told me, she said, well, I was putting up cabinets in the kitchen. And I had those things. I'm telling you, you could have took the, the most accurate level in the world, and those things would have been on the money. And she finally came in one day, you remember? And you told me, that's good enough. Well, it's not perfect, and I want this perfect. It's good enough, but I want it to be perfect. You're wasting all your time on something that good enough is okay. Amen? Heard a story one time. This is supposed to be true. There was this sculptor. He was like the, one of the most magnificent sculptors of all time, and I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. But he had gone on a vacation to be with some friends and family. This was back in the 1700s. And wherever he had gone, it was somewhere in Europe, and, and it was snowing, wintertime. And somebody came up with the idea, why don't we go out and make a snowman? Great. Took a little bit to coax him to come on out, come on out with it. Well, he goes out there and starts helping him build a snowman, and pretty soon all the kids lost interest because he was just going to the nth degree. The kids went on. They were throwing snowballs and everything, and he's out there sculpting this snow. And he just keeps on, and he finally, evening comes, and they holler at him, supper's ready, come on in and eat. I'm not done yet. And he stays out there all night and, and all the next day. And finally, he makes this masterpiece out of snow. That on the first warm day is going to melt into a puddle. He ended up getting pneumonia from staying out all that time in the cold and getting wet, sculpted in the snow. And he died from pneumonia because he was making snowmen. How much of our life do we spend making snowmen? God says, if you're listening, you'll know what's good, what's acceptable, and what's the perfect will of God. Are you conformed? Or are you transformed? Every head bowed, every eye closed.